have fond memories of rainy Januaries or snowy Januaries where, for whatever reason, I was at home and I would be sitting in front of my laptop, cozied up on the couch with a cup of hot chocolate and I was preparing myself to do a little bit of internet research. And I have these memories of diving in, starting off with one topic, and then just jumping into rabbit holes of information. And so, you know, maybe I'd start off with looking up the origins of succotash, and I'd wind up on a blog written by somebody who uh, presents the idea that corn and wheat are actually our gods and we worship them by tending to them and taking care of them and spreading them across the world. The gospel of corn and wheat. So, (laughs) yeah, I did read a blog about that years ago. Very interesting. Um, Very interesting concept. But, not without merit. (laughs) I remember these things. I remember these days. And I want to ask you, when was the last time you had a really good deep dive into a topic on the internet? If that's something that you're into. You know, I'm speaking to a specific group of people here. But when's the last time? I would, I would bet that it has been a while since you've done that. Because it's been a while since I've done that. And not for not trying. It's because the internet is different. Hence, today's topic... Did the internet really die seven or eight years ago? Did it? I don't know. I I discovered this topic. Well, before I go into that, welcome to Live Love Lux, Manifesting the Life Unlimited, and I'm your lovely host, Nicole. Welcome, welcome back. So, I had noticed, you know, you get busy with life, especially as a mom, you know, get busy with life. So it's not like I I had less kids when I was doing these deep dives. But you ever go to look for something and you just notice that the information is homogenized anymore. Like you're going and you're looking for something and you find 15 articles with the exact same information. And this was even before, like, uh, you know, AI, because a lot of people are using AI to write. Well, I use AI to write stuff. So I know other people are probably doing it as well. But this was before, you know, ChatGPT and, you know, all these things in uh, to some degree. Now, I know there was article rewriters and stuff like this, but I'm telling you what I had noticed over the last couple of years is that information was just the same information. Maybe slight variations. Uh, and maybe not even like the same exact grammar, phrasing, and usage, but it would just be this, it's like you're reading the same article, the same topics, the same, the same bullet points. And it got to be kind of frustrating because sometimes I was, I was actually looking for a dissenting voice or a different perspective, and I would I would go deep in my Google search. I would I'd be on page like a hundred if I could get to it, you know. And then what I started to notice is that even if you try to go deep into the search, it's actually just put.
putting up the same or, or links to the same information that it had put on the first one through five pages. Now, this is, you know, I dabbled in search engine optimization, also known as SEO, for a little bit as, you know, when I had my websites. And I dabbled into this, just the ideal of it, so I would knew, know, know how to market my websites and my blogs. And so I knew that Google has, you know, search bots and algorithms and, you know, what what you would be instructed to do with your blog post is to use keyword, keywords because that's how people search. People search with keywords, you know. If you're like, if we want to go back to my corn analogy, if you're looking for a recipe on corn, then obviously you have to put corn in your blog post if you want somebody to read, you know, the origins of succotash um, because that has corn in it. <laughs> but I was just no. I, I would know that you would you would want to use certain words and phrases so that people would be able to find you because when Google indexes your page, that's what's going it's going to use to place you somewhere in the search uh, output. So I know that is what the basis is, but there was a time in the early days where you could really find some very interesting things, people's manifestos people's weird ideas on certain things. And now I would have to say, I think the internet feels sanitized. I think it feels propagandized a lot. And, and I'm sure not the only person who feels that way. But I had never, you know, I, I read a lot, but I'm getting back into doing some research and things so I can, you know, do have information available for the podcast and I was on TikTok and somebody was talking about that the internet died five, five, six, seven years ago. And I was like, what? Now, the only reason, because I, I, I pick and choose the conspiracies that I'm going to pay attention to. But the only reason this caught my attention is because I had noticed over time, it, you know, my search engine results being sanitized and homogenized. And I had a weird event happened to me maybe uh the day before I like to watch I, I'm a I love science fiction I love um anything that has to do with like aliens time travel I do like zombies um anything that has to do with those topics I really enjoy so I oh and Tubi the app this you know the the streaming service Tubi I love it because it has all these old like from the 90s and early 2000s, all these old, old you know, miniseries and one season uh, television shows that I go back and rewatch. And I happened upon uh, a one season wonder <laughs> um, called The Triangle. Okay, and in the triangle, it's about the Bermuda Triangle, right? So in the triangle, it's basically you know, your story of a billionaire, he has money, and he gets together a group of scientists and experts on the Bermuda Triangle, because his ships have been going through and getting uh, have been missing has great actors in it to it. Eric Stoltz. Um, oh, what's his Lou Diamond Phillips, Catherine Bell, like just some really great actors, you know, 
in this series. So um, he gets together. Now, let me tell you why I went to the internet on this, because I pick up weird things. In the series, Eric Stoltz is wearing a Miami Dolphins cap. And it sticks out like a sore thumb. Now, I've only gotten the second episode of this season, of this series, right? Um, so I figure, you know that anything that shows up in a, in a movie scene is put there on purpose. It has some sort of relevance. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. So I, I couldn't figure out, and I didn't want to wait till the end because I'm impatient. I couldn't figure out if the presence of this cap was part of the plot at some point or would be part of the plot. Or it, because it just looked horrible on his head. I mean, he just, he's just not a hat guy. Like, he shouldn't be wearing that type of hat. I mean, it just doesn't do him any justice. So it had to be part of the plot. But I wanted to know, and I wanted to know if anybody else who had watched this, I mean, this thing came out in like 2005, mind you. So we're looking, this is, this show is, I mean, this miniseries uh, season, t television show is, oh gosh what 18 years old right it's almost almost 20 years old right so but i know that somebody there i know there's you know all kinds of tv nerds out there people who pick apart look for easter eggs and things so i figured hey maybe there's somebody who has already answered this question and i'll just go search for it so i went to you know handy dandy google and i put in What's the significance of the Miami Dolphins cap uh, that Eric Stoltz is wearing in the television show, The Triangle? So, my, the search results I got initially weren't that good. And they didn't even bring up the TV show. They, they brought up some other stuff, uh, I guess, that, or a book or something that's more, that is uh, more contemporary. And I was like, oh, man. And again, I'm looking through the pages and I keep seeing a re I've seen 20, 20 um, pages that all have the same information. And I'm getting kind of ticked off. So I have other browsers that I look at. I have DuckDuckGo and I have Brave. So I went to Brave because I heard that DuckDuckGo has been compromised anyway. So I went to Brave. I actually heard that Brave had been compromised too. So I, who knows? I mean... I went to Brave, and here's where it gets interesting. I type in my same, I tried to whittle down my search phrase to, because I'm like, well, maybe I'm confusing it, you know? So I typed in the same thing, and I get the results that I'm kind of looking for. It's There's like a prominent result that features, that sh like Rotten Tomatoes that shows, that came up on the last page, but there's like a prominent result uh, of the, um, of the actual show and then there it, you know it shows it came out in 2005 and then there's some other search results that talk about the plot and then in a split second it switches back to what i saw on google and everything that i'd seen on there was gone and i was like what happened so i'm, I'm hitting the, i'm like maybe i hit my button twice i'm hitting the back button and it's not coming up so i'm like I'm a conspiracy conspiracy person anyway. So, you know, I'm like, uh-huh, okay, whatever. They're, then I'm thinking there must be some real significance to this hat. I got to go back and watch. But I got distracted. I had other things to do. And I will go back and I'll tell you if I ever get a clue, if you ever care to hear <laughs> about the significance of the hat. But that happened to me and that was in my head a little bit. And then when I saw this TikTok post about 
about uh, the internet died five, six, seven years ago, I was like, whoa, that's, that's interesting because that's kind of the general feel that I had coming away from my search was that why is it we can't get good search results? And, you know, but somebody had actually said that it's dead. And basically, so let me get to the kind of theory. Uh, the theory is, is that it, the internet is just bots, okay? And if you're familiar with bots, or these are these are artificial um, algorithms, response, automatically generated content, um, and it's manipulated by algorithmic curation, marginalizing organic human activity, right? So what I used to really enjoy is like, it seemed like everybody and their sister had a blog back in the day. And you could really get some really interesting kind of firsthand account information off of people's blogs. Now, some people, some people were living their fantasies through their blogs and, and living their realities through their blogs. And some of, you know, some of the information wasn't, wasn't, I'm not going to say relevant, it's relevant to them, they wanted to express it. it. I really felt like years ago, you could really publish your, your information, your content, what, your stories, your experiences. And, and then people could actually find it if they were kind of having similar experiences, you know. And now I always feel like there's a, there's a judgment that Google places on my search results. It's like if I'm saying, you know, even when I looked up the dead internet theory, the first thing that came up uh, when I did the search was, Oh, I put, I put blogger, comma, is the internet dead, or dead internet theory. And first thing that came up was pages and pages of, is blogging dead? Is blogging dead? The death of blogging, which I, I think to some degree, I, there, you, but, it's, but it's looking at it from a money-making perspective, not from whether people are actually still writing blogs and people are still reading blogs. But I think that we have been pushed into social media companies like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, that, you know, it's easier, like we're following our, our influencers and family members and whatnot through these things that we, we don't get to necessarily, like when I go on Facebook, I don't see my interest because Facebook, I've Facebook is for family. That's what I say, right? So I don't see my interest. I see things local, local news, things posted by my family members and my friends and people I went to high school with and some things from college. And so I see that information. I don't see like the weird stuff because Facebook got rid of a lot of that stuff. Um, I was actually the victim of that because uh, of some uh, one of my businesses where I was selling selling something that kept getting confused with something that's illegal or something that uh, was copyright uh, infringement. So basically, you know, Facebook kicked me to the curb. And, you know, so I, I when when you don't fit into the format of these social media companies, they will completely shut you down and shut you out. So I've is several, at least on two occasions, I've had two um, companies and websites been completely eradicated due to not being something that they want me to sell, even though it is completely legal to sell. It's body oils. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm, I'm doing, I've got some contraband I was trying to get rid of, but it's body oils. And some of them are duplications, which are legal, but I don't want to just, that's not what this, um, 
this that's not what this this uh, podcast is about i want to talk about the, the the dead internet theory and and i want to know what you think about that like what what is it you know i talked about earlier in a previous episode about us living in a simulation so basically some of the evidence to support the fact that the or the theory that the internet might be dead is because in 2016 uh, a security firm released a report on bot traffic and found that bots were responsible for 52 percent of web traffic um and that was the first time it surpassed human traffic so if you can imagine 50%, so you look up something, your 10, 10 results that your um, um, 10 results are things that might be, might have been generated by a human being. And the other uh, five results might be something that is generated by a human being, but the other five might be something that is an algorithm push to a website that's selling something or that's promoting something or that's you know uh that is a bot right um this is really interesting to me i think about it because i know that i have talked to bots before and i know that i have been fooled by them i mean but there's there's something there's something called the uncanny valley and it's usually it's our ability to be able to detect whether something is genuine and authentically human, right? Now, visually, it's kind of the feeling, the creepy feeling that we get when we are looking at robots or uh, artificial, like, intelligence, like the, you know, they'll, they'll put these human-like skin on them. And we look at it and it makes us uncomfortable because we know it is not a genuine human, we know it is a facsimile. We know that it is an approxim uh, approximation. But I, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, they were talking about, oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to mess up the term for this. But uh, a couple of years ago, there's a, uh, an idea, and I actually talked about this on a podcast when it was prominent, this idea where they're like in most of your ads, it's quite possible that they, these are not even people. And like the there, um, there are fake profiles being created. So like, I had uh, seen a I had seen a story recently uh, where a dating site that they had created fake dating profiles that were contacting uh, prospective daters, women, setting up dates and getting them to go to a restaurant. And this was this was actually the push. The woman goes to the restaurant, the date never showed up. Come to find out the date was a bot. And it was pushing a kind of in my opinion pushing restaurant traffic, right? Pushing pushing somebody. And I'm thinking that's such a good idea. You know, just set up a bunch of dating profiles and be like, "Hey, meet me at um, you know, <laughs> meet me at at, at the uh, restaurant, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I got a bunch of lonely hearts sitting in the restaurant. I mean, it's like it's 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 very devious, bad bad idea, but it's actually happening. So it causes you to question how much of your internet interactions are actually real. I mean, we we all know we've all watched like Mission Impossible and all these great you know spy movies. We know that there are capabilities out there which could be being used in our presence and we're not even aware of it. You know, we know that people can fake voices that you I mean, there was a, an, a scam that was being talked about 
couple years ago that where it says like don't when you get these um these callers these robocalls and stuff and they're saying you know is this such and such they're like don't say yes don't say no because you're actually giving them consent to do to get into your account all these different rumors going on uh, but and that they can mimic your voice and so we're in this this stage of life where we are so disconnected that we're, we're we are remotely trying to connect through business uh, personal life you know it is getting hard to tell what's real and what's not real and even when we go and do searches on things the the biggest the biggest thing that scares me is this morning there was a school shooting and I went to go look up information for the school shooting because I, it, it had come across my news feed. And every search, every search I put in, it was the same three photos that came up and it was the same three paragraphs put out. Now I know Associated Press, you know, Reuters, like the, the, this is what disseminates information. But, you know, there was a time where people were talking like you almost have to like go to Facebook or Instagram and see if anybody is or even TikTok to see if anybody is live at the actual event but it calls into questions like you know nobody dare want to challenge whether or not the actual event happened but you know if I'm getting everywhere I'm looking I'm getting the same information I'm getting the same pictures you have to wonder is the internet actually dead did it die a couple of years ago and we are just communicating with bots you know it's it's kind of a creepy thing I think I think what this question prompts me to do is turn the tv off turn the internet off and go outside and get to know your neighbor go say hi to somebody that you can physically see and touch you know um you know with information with the state of the world it, today, we are all looking for more connection. But sometimes we, and myself included, don't get me wrong, we neglect the actual human contact that is around us and, um, you know, that is there that we can actually see, touch, taste, and feel with our own senses. So, hey, did I make you think? I hope so, because it made me think. I suggest checking out uh it's called the dead internet theory uh you can look up bots you can look up all this information i don't want to just i didn't want to just recurgitate what i found that you can easily find in wikipedia <laughs> but um and other uh you know other places as well but um i hope this helps think about it did the internet die seven or eight years ago and we're just talking to bots now am i a bot maybe i am maybe i'm not we'll see Hey, welcome to your life. Talk to you soon.